Hey friends, you're listening to the Pointing Toward Hope podcast, conversations to help you endure and overcome the trials of life through faith, hope, and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Today, I am so excited because we have made it to the final episode of season one. Can you believe it? It went by so fast. I have loved sharing my stories as well as those I've interviewed this season. Today's episode is super fun because I'm going to bring you several short stories of people who have overcome hard things and are sharing the gratitude they have come to find because of their trial. What could be better for this holiday season? Before we jump in, I just wanted to mention how grateful I am for my own personal trials. It's not always easy when you are in the midst of a trial to see how you will ever be grateful for it. But I know from experience, my trials have shaped me into who I am today and have helped me build my character. I have come to rely on my Savior as He carries me through each and every trial. With God, I have learned I can do hard things. Speaking of hard things, if you or someone you know has a story to share that would help uplift and support others through their trials, please contact me at pointingtowardhope.com or on Instagram at Wendy Bertinoli. I would love to chat with you and share your story about how you have found peace, hope, and joy through faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's through the sharing of our trials that we can become stronger and more equipped to fight the battles on this side of heaven. With all that said, let's get started. My first guest is Cindy. She is my next door neighbor. A year ago, when we pulled into the driveway for the very first time, her and her husband were standing out in their yard. I remember turning to my husband and saying, she is going to be a great friend. And it ended up becoming so true. Cindy has been such a good friend to me and it turns out that we had a lot more in common than we thought we did. And she is here to share her story of the past year in a nutshell. So here's Cindy. So I have a huge story of gratitude. Um, In February of this year, right before Corona took over. <laughs> um, I started having panic attacks out of the blue. They were so bad and so intense that it would take me to the ER with my hands completely just grasped and not being able to breathe. It was scary and I was just asking God why this was happening. And after the panic attacks would slow down, I would ask God why all this was happening to me. Um, I've always been the extrovert of the group, always wanting to go and do and, and get out of the house and take my kids places. Um, and when the anxiety and the crippling panic attacks hit, um, so did depression and depression that was so dark and so deep. I would lay in my closet floor and cry and just beg God to please take it off of me. Please just get it. Just get me back to where I was. Um, and the lesson that I learned from that is that. I don't think God wanted me to be where I was at. And that was the hard part. I, I saw after him harder. Um, I, you know, I'm thankful that God put me in this state that had a good team of doctors. I'm so grateful my children don't suffer with it. And I'm so grateful that God back, put me back on my feet. It was eight months of intense, intense, intense darkness. And I'm just so grateful God brought me out of that and thankful that I'm back where I need to be today. 
Over the past year, Cindy and I have had a lot of good talks and a lot of really cool experiences. Her family is the best. I love her children. I remember one day when I went over to talk with her, her two children just kept giving me big hugs. And the one thing that I did not mention about Cindy is that she is a little more than half my age. So she reminds me a lot of my daughters and um, my my daughters live in Utah and my oldest daughter has two kids and so it's been so nice for me to have her here and kind of share her family with me and I'm so glad that together we've been able to help her get through this really tough year. Jenny is my baby sister. She was born nine years younger than me and I remember that I was so excited to have a new baby sister after four brothers. And I was probably a pretty good little mommy to her in her first five or six years of life. I remember one of the funniest memories that we have about Jenny is that whenever she got laughing really hard, she would get the hiccups. And so I'm sure it was very annoying to her, but we would try to get her to laugh all the time just because we thought it was so funny that she would get the hiccups. And I think she probably still does it to this day. So anyway, she has a really special story to share with you today. And I'm so grateful that she agreed to share such a tender experience with you all. So here's Jenny. Sometimes one moment makes such an impact on your life that you remember it forever. On February 29th, 2008, I had one of those moments as a pediatric car cardiologist explained that my precious 10-month-old baby boy had a life-threatening condition. She was frank and to the point as she said, Parker has a condition called pulmonary hypertension. That means the blood pressure in his lungs is too high. His heart has to work really hard to get the blood to his lungs, and that's why his heart is enlarged. Now, there's all sorts of tests we will need to do to see if we can find a cause for the pulmonary hypertension, and he's going to need to stay on oxygen, so you'll be here for a few days while we figure everything out. And stay away from the internet, because if you read some of the stuff that's out there, it will scare the H-E double hockey sticks out of you. As the doctor at the hospital explained his new diagnosis to me, I actually felt a bit of relief to finally know what was going on with him, but I had no idea how my life would be turned upside down as I began this journey with Parker. Parker was born on April 30th, 2007, after a long day of waiting. He weighed 8 pounds, 9 ounces, and measured 21 inches long. He was healthy and beautiful. We were overjoyed to be blessed with this sweet baby boy. As the weeks passed, Parker seemed to be fine. He wasn't a very good eater, and he wasn't as big as my other two babies had been, but he was happy, easygoing, and content. By the time he was eight months old, he still couldn't sit up by himself. He wasn't gaining weight like he should. He had a random cough and wheeze, and I had a nagging feeling deep inside that something just wasn't right. On February 26, 2008, after a month of high-calorie formula, Parker had only gained five ounces. Our pediatrician finally heard him cough and wheeze while we were there, and I saw a look of concern on his face as we discussed a few common things that could cause Parker's symptoms. 
He recommended treating him for asthma and reflux, and he also agreed to order a chest x-ray at my request, even though he really felt that it would be normal. It wasn't normal. It showed an enlarged heart, something none of us were expecting. That led to an EKG, which was also abnormal, and that led to a hospital admission and an echocardiogram that diagnosed Parker with pulmonary hypertension. Parker had every test you can imagine while he was in the hospital as his cardiology team tried to find a reason for his diagnosis. All the tests came back normal. Several weeks later, he was scheduled to have a right heart catheterization, a procedure we were told was fairly routine with minimal risk. It was a necessary procedure that would give the doctors more information and insight into Parker's condition and provide a way to determine what medications could be used to treat his case. On April 8, 2008, I took Parker to the hospital for the heart catheterization, expecting to only be there overnight and to come home with some answers. Instead, Parker ended up in the ICU after having what the doctors called a pulmonary hypertensive crisis. I left my sweet baby boy that morning smiling and playing and saw him at the end of the day lifeless and white with countless tubes and IVs hooked up to him. He was on a ventilator and he was completely sedated. It was hard for me to comprehend how this had happened. I was completely overwhelmed. All I wanted to do was take my baby in my arms and rock him and I couldn't even do that. The doctors and nurses did everything in their power to keep him alive. We weren't sure if he would survive the night. Over the course of the next few weeks, my husband and I spent almost every hour by Parker's side as he fought to stay alive. We prayed for him to pull through this terrible ordeal and come home with us, but we also tried to prepare for the worst. He was on a ventilator for 18 days. Finally, four days before his first birthday, Parker came off the ventilator and he celebrated his birthday in the ICU. 13 days later, we brought him home, this time with oxygen, a permanent IV in his chest, and several oral medications. That was nearly 13 years ago now, but the experience will stay with me forever. It changed me. Those weeks in the ICU were some of the hardest and darkest days of my life. But it is often in the darkest times of our lives that we learn how to find the light. Jesus Christ is my light in the darkness. He is my source of strength, courage, and peace. During those countless hours at the hospital with Parker, I felt like I was on an emotional roller coaster. But because of my faith in Jesus Christ, I turned to him at the times that I was filled with despair and fear, I would ask for his help, and I would immediately be filled with his love for me and for my sweet son. I knew that my Savior, Jesus Christ, was aware of what was happening, and that somehow he would help me through a situation that seemed impossible. Years later, I still refer back to that experience often. I have shared thoughts and lessons from that time so frequently that my kids probably roll their eyes. But I'm grateful that I have those experiences to share with them. I'm grateful that I learned that I could do hard things. I'm grateful that I learned how to rely on the Savior. And I'm grateful I can share the experiences with, them, with my children because someday they might have a moment that plunges them unexpectedly into darkness too.
I want them to know how to find the light. That was my baby sister, Jenny. And I remember that time like it was yesterday. I remember flying to North Carolina to visit her. My parents were on a church mission at the time and she didn't have any family in North Carolina. And it was really great to be able to spend time with her family so that she was able to spend time with the baby. Seeing how far Parker has come is amazing. He is a happy 13-year-old boy, and we just love him so much and are so glad that things have worked out the way that they have. And um, I love Jenny so much. She has taught me more than she will ever know. My next guest is Stacy. She has a beautiful family of five and has also had many trials throughout her life, but I'll let her tell you the story about that. Here's Stacy. So this past Christmas, I was trying to think of something for my kids that would actually help them grow, and I decided on getting them grateful journals. And this past year has been incredible because um, every day we have to think of something that we're grateful for. And this time of year, I've been really thinking, especially since the prophet's message on hope and healing is to find things to be grateful for. And the things that I am most grateful for is change. Um, there, I have gone through a lot of different things in my life. I was bullied as a child. Um, I had epilepsy when I was 16 and um, I've almost lost my child twice. Um, I've just had lots of different things in my life, but the thing that I am most grateful for is change. Um, we have the choice every single day to choose whether um, to have a good attitude or a bad attitude. And I think that that is a choice that we can make. And by having a good attitude every single day, that changes us to be a better person. Um, also, I just I love thinking of fall time because the leaves change every year. And what a good reminder that is for us that change is always a good thing. Sometimes people don't want to look as change as a good thing, but sometimes we have to shred that old layer off and grow into something better. And I just, as much as those trials were painful and hurt and were really, really, really hard, the change that I have been able to go through in my life has been so immense. And I am just so grateful for it that I just cannot describe the type of person um, I never thought I would be this type of person, and I hope that I can continue to change and be better and be more empathetic and kinder and compassionate and non-judgmental for those people who truly need it. That was Stacy, and I'm so happy that she agreed to share a little bit of her story. I remember when I first met her, she's the type of person that just lights up the room when she walks in. And I remember thinking she is the most positive person that I have ever met. And when I learned more about her and, and the struggles that she's been through in her life, I was even more amazed at how she has been able to draw strength through the changes that have come through her life. And I was so happy when she talked about the gratitude journals that she's been doing with her children. 
Um, as you know, I suffer with bipolar disorder and it's a big part of my life, whether I like it or not. But I have to give it credit for being a catalyst for so much good and positive change in my life. When it all boils down, I'm grateful for the disorder for helping me to grow toward becoming more positive, healthy, empathetic, and a gratuitous person. When she talked about living in gratitude, I, I thought about how the prophet talked about that in his message that Stacy mentioned. And living in gratitude through your trials is probably sounds strange to some people, especially those who suffer with debilitating illnesses. But I have learned that keeping a daily gratitude journal is one of the best practices that one can do for physical, spiritual, and mental well-being. Sometimes I really have to dig deep to find the tender mercies of the day, but when I do, I am always filled with a profound sense of gratitude for the life that I have been blessed with and for my illness. One of the other things that I have learned is that you have to appreciate the really good days. And I'll be the first one to admit that there are some really, really hard days when dealing with these types of illnesses. And in this year, 2020, mental illness especially has been on the rise. And I know that there are days when you feel like you can't go on, that it's all too hard and you just can't survive another day. And even though I'm on medication and I'm in a better spot than I've ever been, I still have bad days. But it really makes me appreciate, really truly appreciate every single day that I'm alive, that I'm here and that I can share and help others who may have similar experiences. My good days are something to be celebrated and I do celebrate every day I live. I am grateful for being blessed with bipolar disorder. It has made my life fuller and richer in so many ways. So thank you, Stacy, for reminding us how important it is to, to live in gratitude and to learn from the changes that we go through. The next guest that I have is Caitlin. And I met Caitlin through our church and she was a young woman who decided to go on a church mission and happened to come to Tennessee. And she spent many evenings in our home and we got to know her very well. And so I was delighted when she wanted to share her story with us. So here's Caitlin. So the first thing that came to my mind was um, an experience that I had. I served a church mission um, for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And that was such a hard yet good experience. And um, I just kind of wanted to share that a little bit. Um, so as a missionary, you usually you go to a different place and you move to a completely different um, place. Some people will go out of the country, but for me, I happened to stay in the States, which was awesome. Um, and I got sent to Tennessee, which was wonderful, um, but it was a new environment and there is a different culture there. And so when I, you know, serving my mission, I 
sometimes it was really hard because um, people uh, don't always like you, <laughs> which is fine, but at the same time, there's just a lot of rejection and people can be really mean and um, there would be times that people would yell at us or would say mean things to us or um, would shun us and there were times that it got pretty lonely or pretty um, degrading and um, so there were times that that experience was really really hard for me but um, I'm also very grateful for the opportunity that I had to meet people of other faiths because um, they built my faith. And then I also got to meet people that were of my faith in a different state. And that was a really cool experience um, to be able to meet those people. And I still stay in contact with them and they're still really good friends to me. And um, I'm really grateful for that experience because it helped me to grow closer to my Savior and to rely on His grace. And um, I also got to make some new friends and I got to help people in a way that I hadn't been able to do in the past. And it was a really uplifting and inspiring experience that came from a lot of hardships. So I'm really grateful that I got to experience that. I love how Caitlin mentioned relying on the Lord's grace. We all have to do that when we are struggling through times of need and trial. And that is something that's really hard to do. And when she talked about that, I thought of a quote by Henry B. Eyring. It says, I bless you that every day, if you will ask in prayer to be shown where the hand of God intervened in your life that day, I bless you that you will see that it will be made manifest to you, that you will see that he is leading and guiding and lifting you and that he knows you. Isn't that such a beautiful promise and a, a blessing from an apostle of the Lord? I know that this is something that I definitely want to start including more regularly in my prayers. I remember one special time when I knelt to say my evening prayer and I was exhausted, but I had asked specific questions and then quickly ended my prayer and jumped into bed. I had the distinct impression saying, why did you get up so quickly? I had things to say to you. I kind of brushed it off as my own internal dialogue and kind of snuggled deeper into the blankets. Then it came again more forcefully, get back on your knees and listen to what I have to say. And so I did, and what happened next was one of the sweetest experiences that I have ever had with feeling my Savior so close to me, answering my questions and giving me counsel that I needed at that particular time. But it definitely took an open heart and mind to allow for that experience to happen for me. I promise you that if you follow that counsel, you can have similar and equally touching experiences in your life, even on the bad days and through the struggles. 
Well, my friends, that's it for this season. I hope you enjoyed it and will come back and join me in January when we pick back up again. I will be working on interviews over the holiday break, so if you or someone you know would like to share your experience of faith through trial, be sure to contact me as soon as possible. You can do that through pointingtowardhope.com or you can find me on Instagram at Wendy Bertinoli. I can't wait to meet you and get to know you and get you on the show. If you wouldn't mind taking a few quick seconds to jump over to iTunes and leave a five-star rating and review, that would be so great. These reviews help people find the show and it would mean the world to me. I really appreciate all of your support. And while you're there, be sure to click on subscribe. Subscribing will be the best way to make sure to be notified when the new season begins. Have a great holiday, my friends. Choose joy, hope, and kindness, and I'll see you all again in 2021.